Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Uh, I'm good, buddy. Travis Irvine is also with us. Good to see you, as always, T.I. Hello, Ben Kissel. We got a bunch of stuff to get to. We're going to talk a bit about what Joe Biden talked about in front of Congress after his first 100 days in office. His approval ratings are 12% higher than Donald Trump's were at the same time in his administration. What does that mean going forward? Does he have a mandate from the people? We'll talk the good, the bad, and the Biden. Also, we will discuss what's going on just a bit with Rudy Giuliani, because to be totally honest with you, it's so convoluted. I read multiple articles, and I think I'm dumber for doing so. (laughs) Is it the Russians trying to blame Ukraine for interfering in the January 6th, post-January 6th attacks, so on and so forth? I don't freaking know. My brain is about to explode thinking about the scandals of Rudy Giuliani, because that's just how many there are. Yeah, almost to the point where he is so he is so corrupt that you can't even really see it. Like when you're on one of those Instagram, when you see a great piece of art and they start with the zoom in and you're like, wow, look at that. That's just a character from that hit cartoon Peanuts. And then they expand out and it turns out to be a full picture of male genitalia. And you're like, who would ever do that with Pigpen? But that's how much corruption is in Giuliani's life where you have to, if you just look at a piece of it, you're like, okay. And then when you step back and you see the full artistic work that is his corruption, it is absolutely mind boggling. So we will talk a bit about that to the best of our knowledge right now. I think that's what was leaking out of his, you know, oh, like that's hair, right. when his head was oh. melting, just corruption, black oozing mm. corruption. It mm. really was. Or he was a squid trying to get away. I have no <laughs> idea why he was inking. So we'll talk again about that. But before we get to those fantastic stories, we'll also discuss white supremacy and the rise of white supremacy because Joe Biden mentioned that in his speech. And I thought that that was a good thing for him to mention as we uh, address the issues that are currently happening in our country. Those are not just words. There is data to back up the rise of terrorism from all ilks in this country, specifically focusing on white supremacy in this case, because that is something We need to address as a nation. And if we don't address it, things only get worse. 
But before we get to all of that great content, let's talk about something that is the gift that keeps on gatesing. Matt Gates. <laughs> Matt Gates. So he is currently going on tour with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, good. So just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it does. This is the equivalent. Who could you think of? What two bands come together to form the worst concert in history? <laughs> two of the worst bands. I'm thinking. Wham? If No, don't be disappointed. Okay. All right. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I just want to see if he was awake. <laughs> you are going to diss Wham on this very show, Travis? <laughs> He's a patron saint of this podcast. My of God. course he is. I was just throwing it out there. I was thinking more like. Might as well be walking on the sun. I don't know how to oh. sing. What's the Smash name? Mouth? Smash Mouth. Oh my god! See, a bunch of people would get mad at you for that. Yeah. No, I don't think they would. Oh, Smash boy. Mouth touring with. Oh, I'm gonna say 98 degrees. Oh, 90. Although 98 degrees might have some love. Either way, what I'm saying is, who <laughs> wants to see Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Green perform? other than a bunch of lonely boomers. Oof. And that's exactly who would go to that concert, and that's exactly who will go to see these two psychopaths speak. Matt Gates, of course, still in the midst of a massive scandal. Jill Greenberg, this story is kind of out of the headlines now, but it's definitely in our hearts. Jill <laughs> Greenberg, the tax man that was so corrupt, the FBI immediately found out because he was so over the top and so cartoony, very in cartoony his, in his villainous nature. He was just missing the mustache <laughs> and the train track at that point. It is, yeah, he look, he looks like the kind of guy who would just like I paint black circles on all rocks just to see people run into him thinking they're a tunnel, and that's from Looney Tunes. Right, you are the tax collector. He is flipping. Like someone in Circus Soleil right now, he is, un I can't even imagine what he's telling the FBI about Matt Gates. Nonetheless, Matt Gates going with the Trumpian tactic of just pressing forward. Woo! <laughs> Flip keep it. going. If you're going through hell and there's scandals, keep going. Just keep on going. So that is what he is doing right now with Marjorie Taylor Greene. They will be speaking all over the country. And do you know what they're taking on? Do you know what their problem is? Uh, I'm going to say back the blue. Are they back in the blue? No, it's not back to blue, although I'm sure that they're doing it. We have. OK, so we have massive economic distress in this country. We have a uh, wage gap and an economic gap that is worse than ever before. Infrastructure. We need massive improvement on that education. We need massive improvement on that when it comes to health care. Obviously, as we learned from 2020, we need to invest in the health of our people. Are they talking about any of those things? No, they are not. They are addressing rhinos. No, not something in Sahara Africa. They are addressing Republicans in, in name, name only. only. So that's who Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene are going on the uh, attack. That's who, that's who they are going on the uh, aggressive. They are being aggressive against those people. Right. Despite the fact, again, that Marjorie Taylor Greene is a... I mean, just un like she is the if you if you created if you were making a create a politician and you wanted <laughs> mm. to create an enemy for your Sims world, <laughs> she is it. And Matt Gates again, an accused pedophile. So naturally, they are going out and talking to Trumpers in the Republican Party who are upset with the Liz Cheney's of the world. The question is, will this work? Does this solidify Matt Gates's role in Congress? 
does he survive this scandal that involves him trafficking a 17-year-old being financed by the corrupt tax man, Joel Greenberg? Does he survive this damn thing? Because if you just look at his itinerary, he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. Is he going to be in Florida at all? Where is this tour taking place? So this is the America First tour. It's going to begin on May 7th. Uh, it is going to start in the Florida retirement community known as the Villages. Oh. So it is nice that he won't be tempted. So that is very nice. <laughs> oh. He's only hanging out with the elderly, although he also did just recently say who the best. He, Matt Gates just wrote an article about the best high schools in the country, which is a little bit uh, creepy considering, again, he wants to have sex with all of the female students there. So the idea is to send a message from two controversial Republicans that they are not canceled, they're not going to be quiet, and the infamy that their, criti- that their critics attribute to them is translatable as fame and power. So we are living in a world now mm. where the old adage is new again, is any bad press, is any press rather, bad press. They are predicating their entire political career that is now based off of Matt Gates being a scandalous, potentially felonious pedophile, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has decided to make trans issues the most paramount thing that she can think of uh, when she got to when she got to Washington. She's like, I know what's going to save this country. We must uh, discriminate against transgender people. Again, out of, out of all the things that matter in this country, out of all the things that are going on in this country right now, that's her pet project. Is it possible that all of these scandals just make them stronger, specifically when I say scandal, in this case, Matt Gates. Well, they're trying to pull a Trump because remember, right. Teflon Don, nothing could touch him. Obviously, 2020, the election eventually got him. But uh, I see Gates and Green uh, as a continuation of the Trump era of Republican politics. That's why they're going after the rhinos. First of all, if they actually did these rallies at zoos across the country in front of the rhino cage, <laughs> oh, that would be kind of cool. That would be cool. It gets a pun. Yeah, yeah. it's a fun pun. Uh, and uh-huh. everyone loves a good zoo. You come for the rhinos, frankly, <laughs> and then you also get to see Gates and Green. Could we also have the rhinos, like, could they get Chris Christie to go in the cage? <laughs> and just see what happens. Here, just feed him this giant raw steak. <laughs> sure, it'll be fine. Um, but no, this is this is absolutely the Republican Party at war with itself. Um, the continuation of the Trump era. I believe you said it uh, last week that from what you could tell, Trump on Hannity, Trump is either going to run himself or he's going to stay completely out of it. And if he stays out of it, look to Gates and Green and people like them to fight his battles in the primaries in 2022 100% this is uh, you know that they he, they said it Trump set it up Trump set the stage for them and now we just have more people joining the cast of crazy kooky you know Republican characters and get used to this name uh, it's a name out of Wisconsin it also rhymes Ron Johnson Whoa. out of Wisconsin think about that name uh, do some research on Ron Johnson out of all of the potential 2024 candidates right now that is the most Trumpy in I think Ron Johnson, if he is not, he is definitely seeking uh, that claim. He is definitely seeking the uh, mantle of being Trump 2.0. But as Travis said regarding Trump's interview with Sean Hannity, I think he can be a kingmaker in Senate races, in House races, in local races, perhaps if he considers them to be important enough. But would he ever truly be able to back another candidate for president other than himself? 
I don't think biologically, I don't think that he could. <laughs> Ron Johnson, again, being the closest one, in my personal opinion, at this point, uh, trying to get that Trump share of the Republican Party and really going uh, above and beyond uh, to dig uh, to above and beyond in uh, in the sense that he is, you know, digging up a lot of the horrible politics of the past and using those and exploding those for the politics of the current. Exactly. Using the politics of the past, I think they they really realized the whole, you know, like Rhino thing that you were talking about, what Trump was doing, um, you know, what QAnon believe that Trump is different, that he's there to drain the swamp. They're doing the same thing. We're we're against uh, Republicans in name only. You know, it's the very. But now the question on that is, isn't it interesting? Again, politics, strange bedfellows. Joe Biden, um, he's the party of Bill Crystal. The Democratic Party is the party of Bill Crystal. Mm-hmm. And the mega people are the party of anti Liz Cheney. So in some ways, I'm like, yeah, fuck Liz Cheney. I yeah. hate Liz Cheney. I hate the Cheney family. So at that point, I'm like, we can, and this is where I would stop the conversation in the bar <laughs> and I would just focus on saying fuck Liz Cheney because then the next <laughs> sentence is because she wasn't conservative enough or whatever it might be. So when it comes to the Republican Party shedding some of its old, uh, some of the old guard, it is an interesting almost phoenix rising from the ashes, a snake shedding its skin, sort of they're trying to rebirth the Republican Party. But again, is Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates are those the two people that are going to hold the mantle for the Republican Party if the Republican Party wants to be a viable 2024 party in the presidential election? Well, it goes back to what I saw John Boehner say. You know, John Boehner's got this new book and I'm obsessed with it, but I'm not going to read it. Um, but he's basically, oh. that's what he said about Ted Cruz and the, these people, these Tea Party folks that came in, you know, while Boehner was Speaker of the House, uh, 2010, 2012, the rise of the Tea Party. And he was like, these people just make a bunch of noise and they raise a bunch of money. And that could be, you know, more than anything, what Gates and Green are after. I mean, some of these rallies, zoos pay well. <laughs> zoos do pay well. I wonder if Matt Gates, and I don't know the rules on this, the rules for ki- campaign finance are extremely abstract in some ways especially now with citizens united super PACs i don't know if the money that is being raised here could be used for his legal defense fund although i would believe it probably could be i'd say that'd be very questionable at best i will also point out that usually what happens with these tours any good politician will know you do the rally but then you go off exactly. to the fundraiser dinner exactly. at the mansion in the hill um and that certainly could be what Green and Gates are after. I mean, you know, a lot of these Congress folks are probably looking at Senate races. You know, Gates or, or Green. I mean, Green, she's from Georgia. She's got two Democratic senators right now. You know, Trump must have put a little bug in her ear. And so these rhinos, right. you're going to see them in Congress races. You're going to see them certainly in Ohio. Our, our uh, Senator Rob Portman, who's never been that great, is stepping down. And now every Trumper in Ohio is trying to replace him. This is what Matt Gates said on January 28th. Uh, He was talking to the Wyoming GOP. Uh, He says, uh, we got to defeat Liz Cheney in this upcoming election, and Wyoming will bring Washington to its knees, which is an interesting thing to do with the people's house, isn't it? We're going to bring it to its (laughs) knees just like I did that (laughs) 17-year-old girl because Matt Gates is a pedophile. So isn't it just (laughs) fascinating? What do you think about this? We're here in Wyoming. Uh Who lives in Wyoming? Well, uh, I worked a campaign job in Wyoming for three months, and I can tell you uh, a lot of white people live there. And? Uh, a lot of uh, elks, 
and beer. <laughs> I don't know if there's an elk club. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I was not invited. And Kanye West. Oh, that's right. You mm. watch Kanye oh West God. run for Senate trying to outflank Liz Cheney on the perhaps anti-war Republican wing, which I think is good that there are members of the Republican Party that are anti-war. Sure. 45% still agreed with the show and still disagreed with the Chauvin verdict. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, little baby steps. I think the anti-war sentiment in this country has strangely enough almost become bipartisan. I uh, wish they were there in 2002 when we were trying to stop the GD war from starting in the first place. But hey. Better late than ever, which is why, of course, you see Biden not getting too much pushback for his plans to withdraw from uh, from um, Afghanistan by 9-11 of this year. Watch out. I could totally see talking about celebrity. Mm. Who is a bigger name than Kanye? He is not getting out of politics now that he has shed Kim Kardashian. Uh, which is much better for her. If I'm Kim Kardashian, thank God. I mean, I don't know. She did not ruin Kanye. No, no. I think that Kanye ruined Kanye and Kim. God knows you got to go into a relationship with her after years of therapy. You got to be a rock, <laughs> right? You have to be very mentally strong if you're going to be a member of the Kardashian family, <laughs> yeah. which is why I am not. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. It's the only reason. Okay. But watch out for the Kanye West effect in Wyoming. There are more wealthy people moving to states like Wyoming than ever before. Lady Gaga has a freaking house in Wyoming. RuPaul does. RuPaul Which blew does. my mind. Because of the taxes, because right. of how cheap it is, you can buy Wyoming for $10 and a piece of Wrigley's gum. It is insane how cheap things are out there. Yes. Now you have to deal with the weather, but when you're in a mansion the size of 18 football fields, it's fine. You never really have to deal with it. I really would not be surprised. If over these next three years, we see conversations legitimately arise with Kanye running for Senate, I don't think he would run for the House, but I could see him easily running and potentially unseating Liz Cheney. I think it's completely plausible, and we have Kanye West as a senator. I mean, it's happening in a bunch of states. Uh, John Mayer uh, has a place in Montana, so Montana actually just gained a congressional seat from the most recent uh, census count. They are starting to redistribute. John Mayer, the musician. The musician. Is he thinking about running for something? No, I'm just thinking of other celebrities. In, <laughs> like we got Matthew McConaughey in Texas. We got right. Caitlyn no, Jenner that, here in California. Yes. No, that's very, very true. And yep. those are obviously kind of like micro. Those are just one examples. But 170,000 people leave the state of California every year. The number is slightly higher in New York State because of the tax rates that are occurring and people just don't feel the quality of life matches up with how much they're paying. There is a massive exodus. Where are these people going? Places that are empty. Yes. And the places that are empty, they're freaking freezing. But you can get a lot of power for pretty freaking cheap. Oh, yeah. You can't spell freezing without free. And there's a lot of free space. And again, taxes. Those are rich people. Kanye's, your RuPaul's. They can get a bunch of property, pay low property taxes. And specifically in Wyoming, uh, almost no income taxes. Some states straight up have no income taxes. So, It's a fascinating shift in American politics. So just a little bit more before we get into, we'll talk about Caitlyn Jenner. We'll talk a little bit about the recall election here in California in the same vein as uh, celebrities running for office. What does it mean to the country? We obviously saw what it can lead to uh, with Donald Trump for uh, 
you know, mostly for worse for the country. Um, but this is what Gates had to say. He says, there are millions of Americans who need to know they have advocates in Washington, D.C., and the America First movement is consistently growing and fighting. Of course, America First is adjacent to Donald Trump's policies of America First, and they are adapting that and trying to, again, revitalize it or keep it alive. He goes on to say, the issues that motivate us include ending America's forever wars, Fixing the border Joe Biden broke on day one, (laughs) um, which is not true. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to let Fernando make a point on that here in a second. (laughs) Prioritizing Americans, not illegal immigrants. Uh, Reshoring industries sold to foreign adversaries, ensuring re-election, real election integrity and taking on the threat of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Joe Biden is currently doing more against China than Trump did. Ensuring real election integrity is why. Um, Rudy Giuliani is currently under investigation because they attempted to overthrow the will of the people. Uh, the idea of prioritizing Americans over not illegal immigrants is a binary thought. We can do both. And illegal, illegal immigrants are not here to do harm to this country. They are here to add to this nation. Look at our workforce. And I think you'll see what I'm talking about when it comes to reshoring industries sold to foreign adversaries. Uh, the United States under Trump did nothing to bring companies to America. As a matter of fact, the only companies that they did bring to America were what Scott Walker brought to Wisconsin with the Foxconn deal, which was a massive tax break for a company that makes the uh, they make the, the, the glass for your freaking phone or whatever the hell I'm touching right now. I'm not even dissing that. It didn't create nearly the amount of jobs. It was nothing more than a power grab for Scott Walker. Basically, everything this guy just said is horseshit. But again... We can all agree on ending the America forever wars. So let's talk a little bit. So those are just some of the lies to point out. And that it is interesting that that rhetoric, you know, talk about how times have changed. If you and obviously, as I just pointed out, it's all horseshit. But let's just listen to some of that rhetoric. Ending forever wars, fixing the border crisis, prioritizing Americans, not illegal immigrants, reshoring industries, ensuring real election integrity and taking on China. You could argue, other than the uh, migrant situation, although the Democrats of the early 90s were certainly not at all pro-immigrant, and right. uh, you could argue they are, they're not pro-immigrant right now. <laughs> we're kind of screwed on that. But that is an interesting series of priorities for a Republican Party. They, no, they really, really are. Other, other than, you know, that what, we, what you just mentioned, it, it's, I, I almost, if you had cut that out, I would agree with everything he was saying. I was like, yeah, we should end the forever war. Yeah, yeah like, completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I was sitting yeah. here nodding, and I was like, except for that part, that's lame. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the irony is, look not at what they say, look at what, what they, they do. do. Absolutely. Because when it comes to forever wars, uh, I'm not going to be trusting the Republican Party to get us out of them. Right. Uh, I barely trust the uh, actually I, I don't trust the Democrats, but I trust them just slightly more because I still believe the most fervent anti-war people in this country are still on the left. Oh, sure. I think the Republicans just sort of got bored with the war. Right. And now they can allocate the bombs to a different area. Start another one. Yes. It'll be great. Well, and that um, for me is always the fascinating thing. That sounds binary, but yeah, the Democrats are also very, they love their wars too. Yes. Yeah. Joe Biden has rolled out a $740 billion yes. uh, military budget, and it's less than what the Republicans wanted or what Trump had proposed last year. So it again, it goes hand in hand. Well, speaking of celebrities, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in California. So naturally, it's a recall. So we got a bunch of porn stars running. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, which is (laughs) exciting. 
So we have uh, what is one porn star's name is Angeline, and the other one is Mary Carey. Mary Carey is very popular. Very popular. The, the, the daughter of Harry Carey. Mm. And I hope that she does all of his impressions. Oh. Wouldn't that be nice? If, if Right before she orgasms, she, she sings, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> she does a seventh inning stretch right before she does some kind of gape routine. Wouldn't that be fun? So Caitlyn Jenner, <sighs> Angeline, and Mary Carey going against Gavin Newsom. If you're Gavin Newsom, what do you feel? I, I can't imagine he's shaking in his... Far, far too expensive, fancy leather shoes. I can't imagine that he's extremely scared. Here. I, I truly believe that that he, he has to be scared. You, you think know? this is the year Mary Carey gets it? I don't this know. Says I Mary mean, Carey's year. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I literally. I mean, I am. I'm gonna write in you, Fernando. Oh. You know, let's do it by all means. Sure. This is my official uh, announcement. announcement. I'm all running right. for. No, just kidding. Yes, but, but uh, you know, I was in New Mexico. Can you do what Mary Carey does? <laughs> I can do better. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was in New Mexico and they recalled uh, the governor that were uh, uh, Schwarzenegger ended up getting elected. Yes, right. It's it feels like every time uh, California has an election, they roll out like all you know. It's a ninety day fiance tell all, a reality show mm. reunion where they bring everybody from every season back out yeah. to you know showcase them. And uh, one of them always wins. You know, yeah. one of them always will win. Well, and I'll just point out, I've already seen an Instagram ad with Gavin Newsom's face talking to me saying uh, not to support the Republican sponsored recall. So I think that's kind of his tactic is this is a Trump tactic. This is the Republicans. And I think he's just in the back of his mind knowing that only 24 percent of California is actually registered Republican. Right. And if you do look at the uh, the breakdown for the majority of counties that voted in favor of the recall, they tended to vote for Trump. Uh, that is, again, 51% threshold. So there are millions of people all over California that are devastated right now and not happy with Gavin Newsom. That being said, they may also be pulling out their pubes because the options are Mary Carey, <laughs> Angeline, and Caitlyn Jenner. Arnold Schwarzenegger was on Jimmy Kimmel, and he said straight up, anyone has a chance. This is actually exactly. a fairly exciting time. Um California, say what you want about the politics out here, which I'm learning about, and uh, it's endlessly fascinating, frustrating, and uh, just in, it, it's insightful, though. Uh, you never know what's going to freaking happen with these recall elections. And I am happy that we live in a state, that I currently live in a state where 1.5 million signatures, it's not impossible. And I have no problem, whether this just be political, whether this just be going through um the motions of democracy no you don't no, this is democracy in action truly do i think that he's going to be recalled he is already recalled do i think he's going to lose the recall i don't really see him losing to to this group of people but at the very least it is important to hold these people accountable and recall elections are a great way to do it and he has angered a lot of people specifically in the restaurant business and again a lot of people looking at the hypocrisy of his life as uh, as he goes out and tries to live a normal life, as many, many people suffer. We also have to remember, not at all discussed enough, which is one of the areas of uh, Biden's infrastructure plan that I completely agree with, broadband. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When it comes to broadband, one thing we learned in 2020 was there was a massive disparity of broadband access across this country. And just as the New Deal uh, brought us highways and uh, a connected infrastructure where we could drive from one place to another. 
broadband is just as important, almost more important uh, than the highway system because you need this to live. And we don't talk about this at all, and we didn't talk about this at all. The kids learning from home, I just read a study, there are millions of kids who just didn't even log on because their parents had dial-up. Yep. You know, the amount of people who were poor in 2020 that fell behind in education is going to last. That's going to have a ripple effect for a generation. Right. It really is. And so when it comes to those things, there are people who are just so unbelievably frustrated as we saw this state, the fifth largest economy in the world, do nothing and the federal government do nothing to help out these families who had kids who were forced to stay home with parents who are out of work and they don't have the Internet. What are they supposed to do? And the fact that that wasn't subsidized already is is you can't force people to stay home, force them to work online and not give them the Internet. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Oh, yeah. This is one of those areas that is, again... I think the internet should be a utility. Well, sure. It's it's actually a pretty bipartisan issue. I mean, yeah. so many Republican legislators are from the rural areas where they lack broadband, and they can work together with uh, more urban legislators who their constituents also don't have uh, adequate access to these kind of services. I watched a great documentary on the folks of Appalachia. Ugh. Extremely poor white. And, yeah. And, you know, these people do tend to vote Republican because of social issues. And, uh, you know, people on the left, they tend to vote Democrat because of social issues. And then again, the power, economic powers that be uh, just play with our heartstrings and control everything and ignore everybody. Exactly. (laughs) But it's devastating. And those communities of all across all walks of life, you know, the poverty in this country, it is colorblind. It's very sad. And there were just so many people who were devastated during 2020. Now they lost a year of education. All of a sudden, what are you supposed to go into second grade? You're going to be held back. Again, this will have a ripple effect. And that was one of the areas that I thought uh, Biden, he makes a great point on infrastructure. We can talk about the taxes here in a second. But that is one of the reasons why Gavin Newsom is being recalled as well. You got the business owners who are pissed. And then you have a lot of freaking poor people being like, you didn't help us, man. Right. What are we supposed to do here? And there was a system in place here in California that helped employers, you know, restaurants like pay out and help keep everyone employed. That was just rot with fraud. I don't know if you guys have the seen PPE that. Yeah, the, programs? the PPE. It's yes. Been, it's so that reflects that clearly reflects on him because you were supposed to. You, everyone was scared. Every you were supposed to help everybody, and then the program you put in place is a complete scam. I'm completely blanking on the name of the company right now, but it's a multi-billion-dollar. Uh, national international corporation and i think they got 14 million dollars just disgusting 
disgusting that someone would take money away from people who are suffering. But they do it. This is why, again, the government has to allocate these funds in a way that I see fit because I pay a lot of money to this government along with everyone else that's listening out there. So when it comes to Caitlyn Jenner, uh, Mary Carey, and the like, who knows if Gavin Newsom uh, will have an actual viable candidate. There are a few uh, candidates to go against. There are a few more people throwing their name in the ring. Millionaire Republican business. I, I do love that they say millionaire. Gavin Newsom's also a multimillionaire a right. thousand times over. <laughs> right. So Republican businessman John Cox, he is a former gubernatorial candidate. Apparently, he got his freaking ass kicked by historic margins the last time he ran against Newsom. Hey. So I don't know. There's also a fellow named Doug Osi. Um, he is apparently running. And Rich Grinnell, Rick Grinnell, rather, the former U.S. ambassador to Germany under Trump, may also run. I actually know Rick personally. He's an openly gay man. And uh, the conversations that I had with him is before he took the position with Trump. Um, he's, he was, I think that he's an aff- affable. He's affable. an affable man. Yeah. Um, and so who knows? Maybe someone like a Rick Grinnell now does the stench of Trump. Right. You know, does because this is still Cali. And honestly, I think that that stench is it's it's a strong it's a potent cheese. <laughs> does that hurt him uh, or does that help? I mean, again, Northern California, you never freaking know it. I mean, it scared me just now when you said it. He was he worked under Trump as the German. Uh, you know, when you right. said that immediately, Ambassador I was, I was NATO, like, pass, right? pass, pass, you know, so. Yeah, it will. I think it will affect him with it will affect him positively with the people that voted for Trump and it'll affect him negatively with the people that did not. Yeah. And I remember meeting Rick Cannell also uh, over at the green room at uh, Fox News. And yeah, he's one of those he's one of those very nice Republicans. I mean, again, being an openly gay Republican, he had obviously pushed some boundaries already. And when he worked with Bush, he was still in the closet. Uh, When he came out, it was actually a fairly big. Really political issue yeah, yeah. which so, is it's we're not that far removed from right. people still being Breaking in the closet i mean yeah. hell we're not yeah. we're not we're still in it uh look no further than well that's so, yeah ham and biscuits y'all ham and biscuits y'all lindsey graham um but that says a lot about the republicans in california doesn't it that your two most possible options are a uh a trans woman, a trans woman and or a an openly gay, gay uh yeah. republican so um, and it is interesting because you're right. With any any time Ben and I actually are watching Fox News, it always seems someone when Rick Grinnell is on, they're urging him to please run for <laughs> governor of California. Sean Handy kept pushing it on him. So um, clearly, Trump's people really are interested in Rick. What do you? Th- okay, so some some truth and some not truth when it comes to political mudslinging. One of the big things that the left can hit the right on, or, you know, I think a little bit more so, um, we have to remember in 2012, Barack Obama still was not pro-gay marriage. Right. So the, so the left could hit the right a little bit on gay marriage, but hey, you know, those in glass houses. Once gay marriage passed, um, there was a little bit of like awesome sigh of relief. Thank you, Supreme Court. And then you had some Republicans who were pushing back. And I think that that argument has been laid to rest as far as game. I mean, obviously, there's going to be people who oppose it. But politically, I wonder if now if you have someone like a Rick Grinnell, does the uh, mudslinging like does like he's anti-gay, like those sorts of that kind of rhetoric, which which could galvanize, you know, votes for your size. Does something like that stick? Same thing with Caitlyn Jenner. 
I, you know, does it does it alleviate some of the attacks that the left could be bringing upon them? Because it's not like a Marjorie Taylor Greene, where it's like literally, if I'm going against her, one of my points is this woman is a massive bigot. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just we're just gonna say that because that's what she is, and she's claimed it, and she loves it. Right. So that's a buy. So that now we have a choice to make between someone who uh, is not someone who is uh, discriminatory against others versus someone who is. But in a case like Rick Grinnell or Caitlyn Jenner, they don't have that same carte blanche. So does that take away a little bit of the um, steam from the opposition? Of course, in this case, the left. Okay, is it a bit of what basically is it a bit of a uh, shield? In a sense. Uh, I mean, I would say a political shield. Yeah. I mean, Gavin Newsom, clearly, because anytime he's advertising against this recall, he's saying it's the Republicans. It's the Republican sponsored, right. Republican led. Um, so you can tell maybe that is what's making him quake in those uh, those fancy leather boots that he's got on all the time in the restaurants, because exactly you, he could maybe. actually be facing, you know, it's almost a situation where if it's Caitlyn Jenner or Rick Grinnell, depending on who's running the campaign and who actually ends up running. Um, they it's they can almost outflank him from the left the way Trump was outflanking Hillary Clinton on the mm-hmm. left because he was against the Iraq War in 2016. Right, and Fernando, obviously, you're an openly gay man. I know you. I know it's not a monolith group, but your experience, I I, I think that your opinion is valid and and even well, it's always valid, but it's uh, <laughs> it's uh valued here. What do you think? Do you think that this would with the gay community because we've we've expressed how the gay community is again very. Yeah, very. There's, there's a lot right of money. Wing. There's some. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot yeah. of different kinds. There's a of, lot of right wing gay men. A lot. So what do you think? You know, I was I was, I was sitting here uh, running in my head back and forth about it because it will help definitely. I mean, it again, it helps because I I'm thinking, yeah, this is a gay man, a Republican gay man. This is a Republican trans woman. Very very cool, very woke, but I still don't agree with their politics. And so uh, um, a very you know me. I try not to see them as their identity. But if that's what you were focused on, it's a win. If like, oh, he's a gay, he's a gay Republican uh, that, you know, if that's if you were just focused on identity, you got his. That's how you got my vote. And then I suppose the flip side of that is, does it cause some Republicans to stay home? Exactly. exactly. I can't vote for someone who is trans or I can't vote for someone who is gay. Strangely enough, in this version, going against someone who is transgendered. Uh, as a gay person, you almost become the mainstream no, orientation. No, no, truly, and then, <laughs> strangely enough, in in this kind of binary choice, you can literally okay. Gavin is an asshole, hypocritical, but at least he's not gay. At least he's not trans. There's a lot of people that will <laughs> vote. That, that, that's the truth. It's you know, possible. That's the, the, the yes. That's the world we live in, where so, identity really matters that much. So the sideshow aspect. Caitlyn Jenner is half sideshow, half not. I say sideshow mainly because, again, not because she's transgender. Yes, because she's a reality TV star who killed somebody and uh, has no government experience whatsoever. (laughs) Whatsoever. Hence sideshow. And then, of course, you have Mary Carey's and those kinds of people. If I'm Gavin Newsom and I look at someone like Rick Rick Grinnell, Grinnell? that's actually a potential real threat. Yeah. And you want to put an advertisement on Instagram right away to tell people not to vote for it. Because, frankly, that's the but only way. But then you also can't do whisper campaigns. You can't go you down can't. Mario Cuomo's road no. when Cuomo was fighting against Ed Koch. Ed Koch. Vote for Cuomo, not the homo, because, of course, Ed Koch was a uh, closeted gay. Yeah. In, in the late- it wasn't the official slogan. I love that. It was the, the slogan that it basically was the official slogan for the streets. For the streets, Vote for the street for Cuomo, campaign, not the homo. Yeah, which also. And so will Gavin Newsom when the shoe is on their other foot. 
you, I guarantee you we're going to see some dog whistles like that. Oh, yeah. And by the way, um, more good history on the Cuomo family. If you want to know more about <sighs> where Andrew Cuomo comes from, uh, check out the Cuomo political and crime family. I don't know how much crime they've actually done. Well, it's all technically legal, which is unfortunate because they made all the laws. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But for Gavin Newsom, I think what he really, you know, the only way he actually does get recalled is if his supporters don't also show up to vote uh, in confidence of him. You know, if those folks are just like, hey, man, you're on your own. And then more of the anti Newsom people show up, which is completely possible. That's what Schwarzenegger's talking about. That's what makes it flip. You know, uh, we're seeing uh, statistically that the people that tend to have voted for Newsom tend to have uh, the blue, the blue counties, the blue places here in California. They tend to have voted not for the recall that probably to me, that just says they weren't that involved, which makes me think that it's going to be the same situation during a recall. So basically what Travis, what you're alluding to is the enthusiasm gap. And as we've seen uh, within, there is no polling data yet on this uh, recall as far as. Those issues, enthusiasm for Newsom versus someone versus generic. Let's just say generic. And then also we have to keep in mind unfavorables. So for those that are uh, looking in to see like how popular is someone, it is sad. It is just human nature, specifically in politics. The unfavorable ratings of someone is more indicative of their future success than the favorables. So if you look at Hillary versus Trump, obviously not to rehash this hellscape, her unfavorables were actually higher than Trump's unfavorables, even though her favorables were higher than Trump's favorables, which is extremely convoluted. But people it is in a in a lesser than two evils uh, system, which is sort of what we've established here. Unfavorable ratings are huge and Newsom's unfavorable ratings are massively high. And obviously, Rick Grinnell and Caitlyn Jenner and even Mary Carey. I can't believe I can't imagine she has too many unfavorable ratings. We they don't have any data. Exactly. So this. So, again, Rick Grinnell, check out that name and remember that, because if he does choose to throw his name in the ring at this point, out of the four people that we've discussed, he is, in my opinion, the most viable. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, With government experience. And he doesn't have enemies all over California, which was what exactly what you guys saying. Newsom did. Yeah, it's scary. Well, speaking of hypocrisy, I'm actually going to call out some people on Twitter here who, again, are not indicative of the left or the right. They're they're sad, lonely, lonely people who are giving their opinions away for free. Mm. Um, Say what you want about uh, (laughs) Senator Tim Scott. He's a black Republican senator. And again, uh, good for him. He did the official response to Joe Biden. He did the official response and uh, he was talking about and again, his policies, his politics are going to be slightly different, but it doesn't give you uh, he's going to be different than, you know, leftist politics, but it does not give you the right to throw around slurs based upon his race. It still does not give you that right. Tim Scott knows what it's like to be a black American a hell of a lot more than I do. And I will take his word for it. Same thing with Caitlyn Jenner, where you have people being like, she doesn't understand. Uh, and of course, unless this individual is trans who are saying this, but the vast majority of people saying this are not. Are not. Uh, with Caitlyn Jenner, like she doesn't understand trans issues. Well, she understands it a hell of a lot more than I do. Right. Um, because she transitioned. So just naturally, I think she has a sense. And Tim Scott is the same. He's an African-American man. He grew up in this country. He His plight and some of his struggles are universal. And I thought it was absolutely disgusting 
uh, that Twitter allowed the term Uncle Tim uh, to continue to trend for 24 hours, obviously a, a reference to Uncle Tom. If you look at the tweets, the vast majority of those tweets were coming from white liberals. Uh, they, uh, Tim Scott talking about how he's been called the N-word from people on the left. And again, racism, much like, um, oh my goodness, I'm trying to think of something else that is like so invasive in our country, much like the love of half-off appetizers, uh, it knows no political. It knows no political affiliation. It no, really no. doesn't. And if you look, and if you look at what these people were saying about Tim Scott, and again, I don't care if you criticize policy, but shut up. You're a white dude, or a white whatever you are. Like don't don't discredit this man's experience um, because he knows what being black is. He is. Black. Right. So you don't get to call him Uncle Tim and get like a pat on the back like we said it because he's against what the policies are that we think are going to help black people again, even though uh, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, if you happen to be poor and brown in this country. Oh, sure. And, and Tim Scott, you know, at the height of some of the racial tensions, not even in the past year of 2020, but prior to that, I mean, he was one of the only uh, black senators elected uh, from the South. Now, obviously, uh, Reverend Warnock from Georgia has joined him uh, as two of the only two African-American senators from the South currently. Um, and Tim Scott has said he he has been pulled over by Capitol Police as he's driving in as a senator. Yes. Three or four times. And he, he gave a very nice speech on the on the, the Senate floor about it. And it is interesting that for people to think that he's not going far enough then they throw him under the bus completely. Right. It is unbelievable. And it's just, it's just, it's just a bad look for everyone. You never, that was the same thing that we said last week when it comes to transgender, uh, when it comes to people who perhaps have um, less than good intent when thinking about transgender people in their heart, where all of a sudden Caitlin came out and they could get it all off their chest and they could pretend like they're doing it for the greater good. When in reality, they're just being, assholes this is what tim scott said he said those people who want to be respected and given the opportunity to live their lives any way they want to they don't want the same thing for me and you what they want for us is for us to stay in a little small corner and not he's talking about black america what they want for us is to stay in a small little corner and not go against the tide of what they think is america their america and my america aren't the same america if in fact they think that discriminating is the fastest way to end discrimination Two wrongs don't make her right. So I just wanted to point that out um, because I just it's just disgusting. Like Scott Nevins at Scott Nevins on Twitter. Senator Tim Scott is Uncle Tommy in it for his life. So sad. South Carolina should be ashamed. Fuck you, Scott Nevins. What do you know? You don't know anything. You're just a, it just anyway. That just really irks me. It's so valid, you know, and uh, that's that's kind of that's part of the racism that he's talking about. You White ignore, people are so confused. No, you even ignore it when they're telling you when when a when a person of color is telling you, "Ow, it hurts." The, there's a white guy there. Does it really? Yeah. I'm telling you, but it have, hurts. Have you thought about your stance on the war? Maybe maybe you're not accepting that it's no, it hurts. This is bad. You know, yes. again, please uh, just listen when when someone speaks from a place of identity. You know, I, you, even if, as a person of a person of color, when a person speaks from white identity, I don't understand why that's racist there. You, you, you know, you meet them on their level and explain it to them. I agree. And of course, oh, yeah. Tim Scott got in some trouble for saying America is not a racist country. However, Kamala Harris said the exact same thing. Saying America is not a racist country. However, 
That being said, and I actually love that sentiment, and I want to keep on saying that so we can we can attempt to be there. That being said, we have to address issues in this country that impede on the notion that America is not a racist country, specifically white supremacy, which we can talk about now because Joe Biden, I was happy that he brought it up. Some people were like, it's divisive. It's all this, that and the other. I'm like, it's just reality. And currently people are divided and we need to nip these things in the bud. Otherwise, we're not going to have a free and fair election process. 2020 was a test run for a lot of folks, Mm. and it was scary as hell. So we don't want to have the gun. We don't want to have the notion that might means right. We don't want to have a democracy that that is solely ran by people who are um, heavily armed and using intimidation. So this is what Kamala Harris had to say. And again, caveat, you know I don't like her that much. She's a former prosecutor. She's put more people in prison. Um, I don't even, I can't even think of an analogy. But she is, you know, she's got a lot of blood on her hands in her own right. But nonetheless, she has claimed that domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists uh, is one of the greatest threats to our national security. And before you think that's hyperbolic, it really is not. If you look at some of the data, and Fernando, perhaps you could help out with some of the data here. Um, White supremacy, it just is on the rise. And uh, this is, and violent extremism in general. Interestingly enough, both far, this is from a Washington Post article, both far left and far right right attacks hit groundbreaking levels in 2020. Uh, Fascinating. Left-wing attacks, there were 25 in 2020. Now, those incidents included uh, extremists who derailed trains to hinder oil pipeline construction, at least seven incidents in which police and their facilities were targeted with guns, firebombs, and graffiti. Look no further than Minneapolis. So 25 so-called left-wing attacks. There were 73 right-wing incidents at an all-time high in 2020 which goes back to 1994. So 73 far-right incidents, 25 far-life incidents, or far-left incidents, rather. And the number is just going up. So let's talk a little bit about white supremacy and how it's manifesting itself in reality. And of course, the main, uh, the, the main example would be uh, January 6th, the breach of the Capitol, which was... Uh, definitely cloaked in uh, white supremacy in its own way. So actually, what we're seeing is that uh, the KKK, Aryan Cowboys, and the base. Ooh, the Aryan Cowboys! We show our booties. I think if you call yourself a cowboy, you can't wear jeans. You you have to wear the... What do you call those? The assless chaps? The assless chaps. That's all they wear. I know. You know, the the, the Venn diagram that's KKK (laughs) and gay fetishism is just... (laughs) It's getting closer it's a, and closer. There's a big section there. <laughs> yeah, but, I Google it every night. Oh! <laughs> you know, not to make light of it, though, they're a very violent organization. Absolutely. They're responsible for at least 67 attacks since 2015, and it just has been going up. You know, statistically, they released uh, statistics back in 2020. It, the numbers just, if they if they don't stay solid, they have been going up. And it's all right. specifically white extremism and why is this happening well evidently and i'm sure many of you know this but there is a term called the great replacement have you heard about I this not. it's not about a football team this is not about the philadelphia this eagles the keanu reeves movie? this is not a keanu reeves White movie genocide 
The Great Replacement White Genocide. Exactly. That's what we call so it. So this is a belief that the white race is currently being replaced by people of color. And again, F-E-A-R. Fear is the base of all of this hate. Uh, two four-letter words that have a, a, a very, very, very powerful, powerful way of showing themselves in reality. So the, the, the catalyst for much of the rise in white supremacists, in white, in, in white extremism, is this idea that whites are being overtaken by people of color, which, again, if you are so worried about becoming a minority group, you then have to address the fact that we don't treat minorities well. So why right. don't if we because it is going to happen and I don't give a flying shit. Uh, how many white people are in this country, brown people, etc., and so on and so forth, although I would like to see more tall people. <laughs> but when it comes to the idea that, oh, my God, if there's less white people, that means we have less power. That means we're going to be a minority. That means we're going to be treated horribly. How do they, you treat the minorities <laughs> oh, here? No. Exactly. Wow. So they have to have some understanding least, yeah, they, of like how society works right now in this country. So instead of fighting against something that is completely impossible to stop, unless you go into everyone's bedrooms and uh, pull penises out of vaginas, which is such a sentence I wanted to say today. You know, and that's. <laughs> um, but okay. it, it, the, at the end of the day, there is no way that you can stop people procreating from different walks of life or different colors of skin. First of all, why would you care? But you can be more open minded and realize if you start treating people with a little bit more love, then maybe they will treat you with a little bit more love when you don't have the, uh, the numbers per se. But as we have seen, when it comes to this idea of white replacement, that is why the Republican Party, they're just better at it. The Democrats try and they fail miserably. Redistricting, gerrymandering, you have less people deciding more than ever before. And so it doesn't really matter if there's less white people in certain areas because they'll carve it out and give them as much power as possible, which is why we also have minority majority districts which could be seen as um ways to create lower income communities and uh, air quotes ghettos modern day segregation if modern you day segregation absolutely and it's been going on and bubbling for years obviously decades centuries centuries um, truly but uh, certainly in the last few years uh with the rise of trump uh i many articles have been written on the fact that white supremacists feel more emboldened than ever um, David Duke had said that they were grateful that Obama got elected because it made their numbers go up. And then once Trump came around, then everyone came out of the woodwork. I remember, Ben, uh, you were doing Fox News Radio a few years ago and oh, you yeah. literally had one call in. You can find that clip. Uh, I spoke with a white supremacist and it's fascinating because uh, obviously YouTube University, mm -hmm. a lot of YouTube oh, okay. University. Um and again, it's helping with the vaccine rollout right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Them and Joe Rogan. The fear is so real and people and I'm not making any excuses for the bigotry um, because there is no excuse for it. But people have been hurt and their reaction is to just become completely um, shut off to any kind of, uh, of acceptance. You know, they, they, people get hurt one time and all of a sudden they just go freaking nuts. And they are in pain, and that pain then leads them down 
a dark YouTube hole where they someone's talking to them. And next thing you know, they believe that, uh, you know, vaccines are turning the frogs gay and that (laughs) brown people are here to destroy this country. And next thing you know, they're in Wisconsin shooting up a Sikh temple because they're so stupid. They can't even be racist. Right. And they thought they were Muslim. I remember that. And it's just horrible to see. So this is speaking of social media. uh, One federal counterterrorism office told uh, this is the Washington Post I'm reading from. So I don't really like the post too much, but this article is good. Uh, He says social media has afforded absolutely everything that's bad out there in the world. The ability to come inside of your home. He goes on to say, and so that makes it hard for law enforcement to see potential tripwires and indicators. And that is exactly why I am pro-Second Amendment. I would love to have a magnum as soon as I have a family to protect. Right now, Jerry is my gun and my dog. (laughs) But that is why when we see legislation like being uh, proposed in Georgia that would allow people to register for a firearm online, that is why that legislation is so dangerous. At the very least, if you want to get a gun, you should have to go outside and just see someone. You should look someone (laughs) in the eyes and they should be able to go... And eh, not for you. It happens. I, I've talked to gun store owners who, uh, you know, they basically look at a person and be like, yeah, I'm not selling that guy anything. And, uh, well, you know, then the guy probably just goes to a different gun store. If a bartender has the power to look at you and go, you know what? I'm not going to serve you alcohol anymore. What? <laughs> what? You're not, I'm not even. I, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I have caught myself saying the words, I'm not even drunk. And then when you say that and you're not being served anymore, then. You got to realize you're probably not. You're probably drunk. We've been there for a while. Yeah, we've probably been there. Yeah, we've been there for a while. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, Reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. You know, and so you just have to remember that there's... But then you got to walk to the next bar, and meanwhile, you're talking to your boys and be like, all right, sober up, sober up. Do I, how my eyes look? I think I can get another beer. Chew this gum, bro. And that Chew right there, that right there is why we need to have better gun laws and better system of registration so that the person doesn't just go to the next gun store and get a gun. You Absolutely. Know, all of this is so important. And thank you for making that joke because it, it really proves that point. Yeah. How just, easy it is. We got to get back to the human connection. That's what it comes down to. Case study for a white supremacist, uh, Taylor Michael Wilson. 26-year-old dude out of Missouri, uh, before and after Wilson attended a deadly 2017 right-wing rally in Charlottesville, so the dude was at Charlottesville, uh, Wilson slipped into an engine compartment of an Amtrak train, pulled the brakes in a remote stretch of Nebraska. He was carrying a 38 caliber handgun, ammunition, speed loaders, and a knife. He had, uh, him with a bi- he had with him a business card that said he is a neo-Nazi national socialist. 
Uh, after a struggle, a train conductor pinned him to the ground until authorities arrived. Wilson later told a deputy, I was going to save the train from the black people. Um, so the man, this is mental illness meets violence meets bias meets just a whole uh, opportunity. And then, of course, this was 2017 where we had Donald Trump saying uh, good people on both sides regarding Charlottesville. So say what you want about Biden and him bringing up white supremacy. Some people are like, why is he making it about race? Well, race is a thing. I wish it wasn't paramount. And I don't even see it as paramount. It is a, it is a component of the conversation we must have because that's just reality. And I think it was important for Joe Biden to not do what Trump does. And there were not good people on both sides exactly. in Charlottesville. There were Nazis and people who were against Nazis. And we saw the violence that was uh, created there. So when you have those situations happening and when you have the president of the United States, not 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 just not condemning, but saying good people. It leads to a, it leads to a, a carte blanche in the minds of, of the people who want to commit acts of violence to go and commit those acts of violence, which is why you see the January 6th people, the Q shaman who is currently suffering through non-gluten-free pancakes. Oh, no. I just did it because Trump told me to. And it's like, that's, never, that's not going to be an excuse that's going to work for you, pal. Be careful who you listen to, as we've been saying. You know, people get activated. What what did he tell them? Stand by. What, stand back, stand by. Stand, you know, stand it's back, the, the boogaloo boy mantra. You know, it, again, you, come on. I you mean, know. you know, it, it's the Hispanic invasion. That's what they've been calling that. The, uh, the air quotes Hispanic invasion is why one of the, uh, why a gunman went into uh, the Walmart in El Paso in August 3rd, 2019. We all saw the footage there. Uh, he shot 23 people, including eight Mexican nationals. And uh, they they all died, and two other uh, two others were wounded. I mean, we're just seeing. So we've seen white supremacy. We've seen what it can do. We've seen the devastation it can cause. And in order to face it, the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that it's real. Yeah, you and have it to, is right. real. We know that it is. But we had four years of a president who not only refused to acknowledge that it was real, used it for his own political gain. It's been used for political gain for, I mean, 100 years. Why, if you look back at the history books, why is marijuana illegal? Marijuana is illegal because the black people were going to smoke it and then come and rape your daughter. You know, and it was a hell of a way to get someone immediately criminal status. Immediately. Um, and then, then, of course, who's not allowed to vote? Criminals. So uh, on that topic, before we get to Biden and the infrastructure plan, before we wrap it up here, uh, last prisoner project, we had a fantastic conversation with them. With our weed vape line coming out, of course, we got to give back. So it looks like we'll be working closely with the Last Prisoner Project and we can have a partnership with them. And they are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, this country, obviously, chock full of people in prison for drug offenses and marijuana offenses. And also, it's an international crisis. In really? Malaysia, for example, there's an event on May 20th that might be going uh, to. And you know who's going to be there? Yeah. A Malaysian princess. <gasps> and I'm going to say... Ma'am, ma'am, I love you, Malaysia. I love Malaysia. I've been saying that you're a princess, ma'am. You looking for a prince? <laughs> but in Malaysia, they have some of the strictest drug laws in the world. They will kill you. In the they will straight up kill you. And so the 
this is not, again, just about getting super stoned and watching fantastic, fun horror movies like We Summon the Darkness, which I just watched recently. That's one aspect of legalization. That's the that's the, the fun, fun positive part. side. <laughs> but we got to remember the serious nature of the war on drugs and how devastating it has been. So um, we will keep you up to date on everything going on as far as uh, where we are as a country. And hopefully uh, we, we have to heal. And I know it's sort of cliche. Uh, but we've heard the sentence of time to heal quite a bit uh, when it comes to our prison system and how corrupt it's been and how just the destruction of the American family, specifically in the uh, black and brown communities. It's just so sad. And so if you are someone who is a Christian, who someone who is super pro-life, for example, someone who really believes in, you know, focus on the family and the family is the nucleus, I will agree with you. The family is the nucleus. A strong family is absolutely valuable and vital. Stop tearing the families apart yeah. because of our bullshit weed legislation and, of course, the over-incarceration as a whole. They also told a story about a man who, uh, when I was speaking with the last prisoner project, he was in prison for 40 years for two dime bags. Uh, 1980 weed. Insane. 1980 weed. Ugh, what is that? That wouldn't even, that wouldn't even get anyone stoned today. No. No, it'd be very old. It'd be 40-year-old weed. I'm saying even if it wasn't. It's dirt weed. It's dirt, dirt weed. weed. All right. So just lastly here, before we get to our grievances or perhaps a moment of, of happiness, we'll see our final little stories. Uh, Joe Biden, he wants to raise taxes here. He's going to put in, uh, you know, I am a little bit. I just want to hear your thoughts because I don't want to seem skewed here. So families that earn more than $400,000 a year are going to see a tax hike. I know I was in New York and now I'm in Man and now I'm in uh, LA. LA. You look at Manhattan prices. You look at Brooklyn prices. If you're a family, four hundred thousand dollars a year is middle class, and it just is what it is. Everything is so GD expensive. And again, I don't understand how we can't cover this with a corporate tax rate. Why isn't the corporate tax rate the thing that is getting passed? And why isn't that the thing that Biden is focusing on the most? I don't believe that $400,000 for a family, if you break it down, I forget the name of the female congressman, she, woman, she's fantastic. Katie Porter? Katie Porter. She's fantastic at breaking it down. So $400,000 a year, 50% gone immediately, $200,000 a year. God forbid you have three children, let's say. You got one in college, you got one in high school, you got one in middle school. That adds up so freaking fast. And then you have to pay for, you know, you have to live and all of those things. So I, I don't know, but what do you think, Fernando? Uh, you know, the thing is that I, I grew up a lot poor and I'm from right. a lot poor part of the country. You know, I'd never, I just barely moved to LA like four years ago. I, before then right. I was in flyover country and there $400,000 is quite a, quite a lot of money. But it, it, you, you know, again, I'm coming from a very different standpoint. And the thing no, is, no, I mean, I grew up as well, very, very middle class. My father was a truck driver. We were 70,000 for a family of five in Wisconsin. Uh, and then, of course, all the foster kids, which we got paid a little bit, but of course, you end up uh, spending much more because. You got you to gotta get toys for the kids. Right. And shoes. They got to look good. You know, so I so I hear I hear the, someone here, you know, someone seeing this and why are they complaining about these taxes? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm divided. Biden noted, noted that 20 million Americans lost their jobs in the pandemic and roughly 650 billionaires in America saw their net worth increase by more than one trillion dollars. With a so, TR? With a TR. So I just don't fully understand 
when we say tax the wealthy, at the end of the day with inflation, why aren't we taxing the rich? If we're going to tax billionaires who made a trillion, there's yes. 650 of them who just made a trillion dollars. They would have been fine if they didn't. That's so important to me when I when anyone says tax the rich. I am talking about billionaires with a B. I'm right. never talking about, you know, someone making $400,000 trying to feed a family, trying to afford a house. I'm talking about billionaires as in a thousand million dollars. I can't think of it. That's what I thought. Originally, the Democrats, even progressives were talking about. I mean, AOC made it very clear, too. She was like, we are talking about billionaires. We are talking about Betsy DeVos. We are talking about people who own companies that then profit off the wars. They make billions of dollars. We're talking about them putting more into the pot. And there's literally like, yes, just a handful of these people and families. 650 people right now, they have $4 trillion worth of wealth. Uh, and if you don't think that trickle-down economics has failed, I don't know what else to tell you. $4 trillion in the hands of 650 people smaller than a small high school. I don't understand why we're even coming close to addressing anyone who is not a multimillionaire when it comes to tax. What are we doing here? Like they, because, I mean, obviously, they write the legislation and uh, well, all these people are stooges the at the end yeah. of the day. They lobby. And they lobby. But it just... I don't want to sound like some penny pinching Scrooge. I just feel like if we have 650 people that have $4 trillion, that th- what do you do with that? I don't know. What do you do? You what hoard do you do it. With that? You hoard it. And, and it's just trickle down economics was one of the biggest frauds that this country ever experienced. And Ronald Reagan's legacy should forever be tainted because of trickle-down economics. My parents, because they, uh, because they believe in the goodness of people, because they're Christians in a, in a true sense, they truly thought that the people who got the money were going to allocate those funds better than the government. And what we learned is they don't. Right. In fact, I remember uh, a moment back in 2015, 2016, the, the man who is the basis of the Gordon Gecko character actually went on CNBC and endorsed Bernie Sanders because he said the middle class needs more wealth. That's the way it really was in the 90s before we, you know, we had the George W. Bush right. tax cuts that obviously Obama then kept in place, um, which is a, a tax cut to the super wealthy. But in the 90s, middle class, they had money. That's what this man said. When the middle class has the money to spend, they spend 110 percent of it. Absolutely. They even go over it. But when the wealthiest people, they, they will spend 20 percent. Of their income tops. Absolutely. And then hoard the rest. Man, and I actually got into a Bernie Sanders, I got into a Bernie Sanders hole. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, Ben. Uh, you're welcome <laughs> in my hole anytime. Yeah, thank you, Bernie. It's a very big hole. 99% of the country could fit in there. Listen to his speeches from the early 2000s when he was elected to the Senate. And uh, man, that guy was nailing it. He nailed it. But you know, he, he wasn't, he has been misconstrued a lot. Because oh, there's sure. a reason that he and Angus King were quite close. Um, and I think that Bernie Sanders, if you listen to some of those speeches, you're like, yes, but they seem to be taking only the worst from all sides, which is, again, not confusing if you remember that it's these massive international corporations that are signing, that are writing all of the bills that these politicians then sign. And the fact that we had to fight tooth and frickin' nail for $350 billion in state and local aid um, without any Republican support. It's just, it is just frustrating. And you hear them go on like the news. I hear them go on Al Jazeera. I hear them go on Fox News and they're like, this spending, where is this money going to come from? This spending, if we, if you paid your dues, 
we would be fine. Oh, sure. Well, and Republicans don't get to talk about fiscal conservatism at all, because we no. heard that tune in 2010 when Obama was in there, and then mm-hmm. Trump took it <laughs> off the rails. Like he, Space Force was uh, a good definition to explain the, the debt under Trump, because it went to space, people, with some force. It really did, and currently the debt is at $28 trillion, which is a number that is so large you really can't even fathom it. To I who, can't. Ben? To who do we owe that money? Yeah, who? To, to space? To space? Uh, I China? believe that we owe that money to the world, yeah. Oh. China. China has Because we keep borrowing it from somebody. We borrow a lot from China. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's sound economic policy. Yeah. We'll have to get some economic stuff, uh, some economist economist on here as well to really get in the weeds because i speak with my friends uh specifically jason kephart who's a fantastic financial reporter and i try to glean as much as i can from him but uh, when you really get into the weeds yeah it gets very convoluted and that's where you can also do a lot of corruption when the numbers and all of us our eyes glaze over like homer simpson after an eye surgery and then we're just like i really hope you're doing it good for us but they actually care and they will Dot the I's and cross the T's and put the dots in different places that help them out. So be very careful. The dot is one of the most important things when talking about money. Oh, yeah. Where is that dot? Where is that dot? Where's the dot? All right. So that was in Joe Biden's infrastructure plan. $400 billion would also go toward expanding access to quality, affordable home or community-based care. For aging relatives and people with disabilities, $25 billion would be to upgrade child care facilities and build new supply in, uh, in need, in high need areas, and $12 billion for investing in community college facilities and technology. I uh, don't have any problem with any of those. How I could just you be feel against like it? There are, um, I just feel like there are ways to get the money that uh, doesn't have to come from the pockets of people who are trying to, you know, raise families and things like that. But I also understand. Uh, when you hear like a million dollars, people think a million dollars, but not to be super corny, the government already takes half. And then you have, you know, you have your life you have to live. And I'm a single guy, so I'm like totally fine. I got my two dogs and I can't spoil them any more than I do because they can only play with one toy at a time. But if you actually have a family, you know, this money goes away very fast as everything else goes up in price. Um, anyway, what is it? hundred grand to send your kids to college? Oh, at least per year? at least it's insane. You know, if if uh, I'm going to I'm going to steal a meme from the Internet right now, if there was a monkey and this monkey hoarded bananas and all the other monkeys around him are starving, we would look at this monkey and be like, what's wrong with this monkey? Why is he hoarding bananas when all the other monkeys are starving? But when humans do it, when we see someone hoarding money oh. and they have piles and piles of money, we don't go, what's wrong with this person? We go, how do we emulate that? Yes, we right. must, I must like, become that monkey. Uh, they have it. They have the money. You know what? That's a great point. We need to make money that biodegrades. So you got to get rid of it fast. Ooh. See, what thing my mother hoarding a banana. It's going to go bad. And that's why we should tax billionaires at a billion dollars because then they would spend the money. I would oh. even say not even. When it comes to that, just the corporate tax rate, just bring us back to 35%. The economy was freaking fine. It was growing at 2.3% under Obama. You, not the most astronomical growth ever, but it was still growing. People were happy. Things were fine. I mean, minus all of the, you know, things that we were working through as a country as well. But when it comes to the idea that there's no way we could sustain a 35% corporate tax, it's just bullshit. These international companies that are killing mom and pops all over the country need to pay and give back. Same can be said 
for the social media outlets who use our data uh, to make billions and billions of dollars. You are the womb. You are the you are the fetus in the sack that is being uh, that is being mined. And what's being mined is basically your soul energy and your personality. And Ben might have already said this, but again, this tax rate is still lower than the previous tax rate before Trump. It is not some crazy new number that's never existed before. And, uh, and the, you know, Islam is going to take over America the second it happens. You know, no, this is it's happened before and it actually worked. All right. Well, let's move on to one final little nice story here. Uh, we'll see if it actually gets implemented. I think that it should. In New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio can't wait for him to be gone. Maybe the worst mayor in America. I think it's safe to say the he's worst. Pretty mayor. bad. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Uh, yang Yang all the way on as far as that goes for me. Um, social workers in EMS are now going to respond to mental health emergencies as opposed to the NYPD, which is very good because, as we know, if you see yourself as a hammer, everything else is a nail. We don't need police officers going to work in mental uh, health crisis. They are not equipped to do it. These are cops. They sometimes don't have the most emotional intelligence. This is a guy with a high school diploma. That's <laughs> yes, it. <laughs> who doesn't really know how to deal with this. So social workers in EMS uh, to respond to mental health emergencies. I would assume, of course, that implies that there is no weapon and there is no public um, danger. But I think that is the way to do it because mental illness is just an absolute epidemic and just with the modern society, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Well, it's a step it's in the depre- right. They say depression or they say just the irony of um, loneliness. They say it's at an all time high. Oh, sure. And, and this is a step in the right direction. There's obviously a bunch of other cities who are going to start trying to do this as well. Um, I believe this is a, a pilot program that they're basically expanding. Um, so, you know, step in the right direction. Criminal justice reform. We talk about it every week. If we just move that needle a little bit more. Um, at least this is some some in the good Bill de Blasio well, and, column. Ugh, let's not even give him credit. We'll get, okay. I'll, I'll give his wife Shirley credit on this one. Perfect. And, and his kids. And his kids, yeah. The one thing they have to make sure to do is not just write it down and then say, okay, EMS workers, go do it. Go get it. We're going to need some training. They should also probably funding, get a raise. They need funding. to get some funding um, when it comes to what they're going to have to be confronted but if you have you ever seen a medical emergency when you were in New York, um, I saw a man with a gaping head wound uh, and he was screaming about how he's fine. Hammered, obviously. hammered off his ass. I'm fine. Leave me alone. He is bleeding everywhere. The EMS is just like, dude, you got to get in the thing. Like he's trying to rip the they had to strap him down. He's trying to rip the, the, the cords off of him. And it's like, oh, my God, bro, you're hammered. You're bleeding from your head. Just go in the ambulance. These people are on the front lines of a lot of stuff that we don't see. That's what I started to visualize. I started to visualize social workers looking how like European cops look where they're like super yoked because they don't have guns and they have to subdue. You know, yes. so we're just going to have social workers and EMS tanks walking around. You know, oh, no, not, the robot the, dogs not, now. No, no, not like they're human. They're, they're soft, they're flesh. But I meant like they, they're they're the strength is to protect people. Right. You know, the strength is to protect people from themselves on the, the situation in a non-lethal in. way, in which a, would be very nice. Yeah. You know, because you can, you, you know, we're not talking about chokeholds and we're not talking Ugh, about because that's no. not what they're going to do because they're health professionals. They're not right. going to. These people are not um, these people are not their enemy. These people are there to be helped. Absolutely. And, and that's the big difference. So yeah. the, the city is planning on investing one hundred and twelve million into the program. That's the largest new mental health expenditure 
in the whopping $98.6 billion spending plan for fiscal year 2022 in New York. This is according to one EMS worker. I'm having a hard time finding their first name. Their last name is Elmo Jera. Uh, They said, in essence, it's not a terrible idea. Again, this is an EMS worker. In essence, it's not a terrible idea. But like everything else in this department, when it comes to the EMS, it's rushed and has the potential of being thrown together too quickly. They go on to say, if you're asking us if if we feel good about it, the answer is no. So why would the answer be no? We are paid $35,000 less than other 911 responders. And this program highlights the dangers we potentially face and do face every single day. They have a workforce. We have a workforce of 4,275% have less than five years on the job. And these are people who are going to be responsible uh, for filling uh, these units. So we do have to remember, it's one thing to write it down, but we're going to have to give these people economic support uh, and obviously training and probably a few more, a few more, Uh, trinkets for their tool belt oh yeah i mean and when it comes to the defund the police uh movement this is really all they're talking about reallocate the funds of the police it just doesn't fit on the sign yeah it doesn't (laughs) it's reallocate the yeah it doesn't reallocate the funding no it's not a good cheer but it it, as a policy it it is very straightforward and very common sense seeing what we've been dealing with here obviously yeah you can't uh, you can't help someone going through mental crisis with a gun you can only end their life because that's what guns do all right okay everyone well thank you so much for listening to this week's abling and stop at hope everyone's doing well out there do we have anything else fernando obviously you know we'll continue to cover the border that's not going anywhere um it's just very sad because no one's covering it and the uh, it's just devastating but did you want to mention how uh, Biden allowed for a Trump policy to stay in place that is against the United uh, United Nations regulations. Exactly. I believe it was 67. In 1967, there was a lot of laws put in place by the UN to protect asylum seekers and refugees. And um, during the Trump era, because of the COVID-19 uh, epidemic, there was basically a, it was a national security issue. Right. So they started rejecting any any instances of COVID-19 asylum seekers or refugees that were arriving. You know, it's in complete violation of, you know, the, the laws of the, the UN. And of course, the UN will never trump federal law, but it is its guidelines, basically. And I mean, how can we try and say about what's happening in China or about what's what's happening in, in sure. you know, uh, Armenia? Sure. We can't even you know, we're not killing these people, but we are leaving them to die. You know, we're not exactly doing the genocide, but it's happening. You know, there's right. there's people dying. And so uh, Trump rejecting people who are ill, uh, that policy is still in place. And Joe Biden has not gotten rid of that. We have to remember that there are people in need and we have got to we got to be there for them. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. It's, That's a good, uh, fair thing to say, Ben. Yeah, it's not horrible. It's not horrible. But again, that requires funding and uh, and concern. Absolutely. So, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there and uh, keep on trucking along. All right. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.